Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, ladies, this Friday, come on. Hey, if you would, please, um, I know that you may be coming, you may not be coming, but can we join together as a church family, just pray for this event this weekend. Um, I believe that it's gonna be life-changing. I believe that God's going to just, I don't know, I just, I'm, I'm believing for miracle signs and wonders, to be honest. I'm believing that God does just miraculous things in lives, and so uh, just pray with us, believe with us, um, just put your faith, hook up your faith with us in Jesus' name, amen? Hey, we're in a series. I'm gonna finish it out today. Uh, worship like it matters. Hasn't it been really good? Come on, it's been so good. Come on, come on. And um, I know the last couple weeks have, uh, I know like, and, and, I, and I can feel this with you guys. Um, last couple weeks have been kind of heavy. <laughs> They've been like kind of deep. And, uh, you know, I can feel that, that sometimes, like, man, that was really heavy. That was really deep. And, um, but I want to encourage you today. We're, we're not going to be as deep or heavy today. I really believe that God wants to fill you with joy today. Just joy and confidence and hope in him. And so um, I'm, I'm going to read a bunch of scripture. If you got your Bible, I want you to pull out your Bible, okay? I'm going to read a bunch of scripture, and then we'll jump into it. Go with me to Daniel uh, chapter 3. Uh, we're gonna look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How many of you grew up in like old school church with felt boards and you know the story? And Daniel chapter three, verse one, it says this. Now King Nebuchadnezzar, what a name, Nebuchadnezzar. Don't name your child that, okay? <laughs> Made a golden statue. 90 feet tall. Come on, somebody. If you're gonna be that vain, might as well go big, right? 90 feet tall, nine feet wide. And he put it on the plain in the province of Babylon. Verse four. People of all races, nations, and languages listen to the king's commandment. Isn't that funny how you can see the voice of the enemy in this scripture right here, and you can see the same voice of the enemy right now in our world, okay? It's the same voice, okay, same voice. Verse five, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and musical instruments, bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Anyone who refuses, isn't this so interesting to our day and time right now? Anyone who refuses to obey, <laughs> Trust me, obey Jesus always. Obey the Holy Spirit always. He knows you. He knows your future. He'll take good care of you even if it doesn't make sense. Anyone who refuses to obey will be immediately thrown into a burning furnace. So the sound of the musical instruments, at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whether their race, nation, language, bowed on the ground and worshiped the golden statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some went to the king and informed on some Jews. Verse 12. But here are the Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who, have put, who you have put in charge of the providence of Babylon. 
They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into rage and ordered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought before him. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true? Right? Is this true? You refuse to serve my gods or worship my golden statue I've set up? I will give you, <laughs> oh, the spirit of the enemy. He's so crooked. He said, I'll give you one more chance. I'll give you one more chance. This is the spirit of Antichrist. This is the spirit that's coming on the earth. I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Isn't that the voice of the earth? Like, what God's gonna protect you? What God's gonna take care of you? Is your God really real? And I love, you know what? I love seasons like this in the earth. I know that, that, that it doesn't feel natural, but I actually love seasons of the earth like this where it feels like the world is crumbling and falling apart. That's the very moment that God wants to show up mightily for you. That's the very moment that God's mighty hand wants to come and rescue you. That's God's moment to shine. And then guess what? That's your moment to go, look at my God. Come on, somebody, listen, no, you listen, no, 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 look, look, look. No, we're not doing this this morning, okay? You just looked at me like I said the worst thing ever. Wake up, okay? Wake up, wake up. That's a moment you get to point to God and go, look what God did, okay? Look what he did for us. Look how he protected us. Look how he blessed us, amen? Oh, I'm gonna wake you up some way, somehow, okay? Verse 16. This is their response, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue, you, rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, Oh, that's a good word right there. He said, even if he doesn't rescue us, what is he really saying? What are they saying? Our faith is not in this world. Our faith is not in this time. Our faith and our hope is in Jesus and Jesus alone. We're not real citizens of this earth. We're citizens of heaven. We're leaving this earth to go to our real home someday, right? But even if he doesn't, we will make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship your golden statue you've set up. Verse 23, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied up, fell into the roaring fire. Why did they fall into it? Because the king was so angry, he said, turn up the fire seven times hotter. So when they were trying to put these men into the fire, the men that had bound them, the servants of the king, died. On the spot, the furnace was so hot, so they fell into the flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and yelled to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and put them in the furnace? You know, the little, little messenger, yes, king, we did, you know what I mean? It's like a Disney movie right now, you know what I mean? Yes, king, we did. Verse 25, the king goes, look, look. 
I don't see three men. I see four men in there. What's happening? I see four there, unbound, walking in the flames, unharmed. And the fourth one, he goes, the fourth one, he looks like a God. Who was it? It's Jesus. It's Jesus in the fire. Jesus, Jesus walking with them. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the flaming furnace, shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most. Isn't that funny how his voice changed, how his words changed, how his perspective changed? All of a sudden, he's not mighty, he's not high. All of a sudden, he goes, your God, the most high God, whom you serve, right? So come on out. So they stepped out of the fire, verse 27. The high officials, the governors, the advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothing weren't burnt. They didn't even smell like smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to God, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He has sent his angels to rescue him for those who trust in him. Listen, let's pray, and let's just ask the Lord today to just help us digest this. There's a lot to digest here, but we're gonna let the Holy Spirit just speak to us today, amen? Okay, Father, we love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Just, I want you to say it. Say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Come on, say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you to reveal the goodness of God, to reveal God's great power, to reveal that we can trust in Jesus and Jesus alone today. Father, we love you, we worship you, and we ask that you fill this place with your great presence and power today. We love you, we love you, we ask this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Give it up for the worship team today. They will be back. All I'm saying is this, y'all better have your dancing shoes on. You better be ready to worship like you've never worshiped before. I, 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 I just am ready to see this church just take a little step in a different direction today. It's gonna be so fun. I hope you're ready, okay? Lots to digest in this passage, right? Lots, a lot of text, lots to digest. And sometimes the word of God can, I would say, feel heavy, like a big, Thanksgiving dinner. How many of you are ready for Thanksgiving right now? Come on. Do you know we are only 32 days away? Turkey, rolls, mashed potatoes, football. Come on, Jesus. I love me some things. You know, we are 63 days from Christmas. Yeah. Listen. Y'all that like Halloween, man, I, I can't, I can't, I can't rock with you, okay? I am Thanksgiving, Christmas, all day, every day, okay? We were watching some Home Alone the other night. Come on. Give me some Macaulay Calkin. All right. So today I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take this big chunk, I'm gonna break it down, I'm gonna make it really simple so that we can digest it today. All right? Is that cool? So point number one is this. Superheroes. Superheroes. Who likes some superheroes? You're like, yeah, I like superhero movies. Uh, all right, on the count of three, I want you to shout out your favorite superhero. One, two, three, go. Iron Man. 
All right, we've got a, got a few, okay? Got a few different ones. All right, I, I'm, gonna give you, I'm gonna give you my top five, okay? I'm gonna give you who rocks in my top five, my top five lift. And, uh, and coming in at number five, and I wanna give some flowers today to somebody who deserves some credit that I just feel like has been forgotten about, is a real true superhero, and this is the 1978 Christopher Reeves Superman, okay? Can we put that picture up? Oh, where's my picture? Where's my picture? Jesus, help us. Oh, that was like, worship like it matters. That's not Superman. We're waiting, we're believing. In tech demons? Oh, Jesus. All right, well, Christopher Reeves. <laughs> He's my man. That, listen, that's the beginning, y'all. That is the beginning of superhero movies, okay? Number four uh, comes in for me, Spider-Man, but not, not all the Spider-Man. Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Anybody rocking with me on Miles Morales, Spider-Man, okay? Some of you are like, what are you even talking about right now, okay? <laughs> Number three to me is Batman, okay? Can I get a shout-out for Batman, okay? And I'm talking about the Christian Bale Batman. He is the only Batman. All the other Batmans need to die and go to hell, okay? All right, yes. This is Batman, everybody, okay? Listen, listen, I'm just saying, he's a beautiful man, too, okay? He's just, he's just a gorgeous man, all right? God broke the mold with him, all right? Number two, number two is just the whole tribe of Guardians of the Galaxy. I just love them all, okay? I love these movies. I love these characters. I love the ride. I just I love everything about Guardians of the Galaxy. I can't wait for the new movie. Uh, the ride is amazing. It will make your brain hurt when your eyes, it's incredible. All right, and then coming in at number one, and he will always be number one, and I don't care what your number one is. This is number one, and he is always number one. It is Iron Man, okay? It is, it is Iron Man. I mean, when he put the Infinity Glove on and said, I am Iron Man, and snapped his finger, it was just straight tears. I mean, just straight tears. Just like, that's my dude right there. He just saved the entire universe. He got nothing on Iron Man. R.I.P., man, too soon, too soon, man. It's too soon, okay? So that's my top five. And you're like, what in the heck are we talking about right now, okay? So here's the deal. I think our problem is that we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or we look at other biblical stories, and we think that they must be some Bible superhero, right? Like, like that's cool, but if there was a blazing fire that I was gonna be thrown into, I don't know if I would have took a stand, right? Like, we, we think like, man, that's really cool, Pastor Jeff. You're talking about, you know, Paul and Silas, and they just got beat, and they're in prison, and they're worshiping. I don't really know if I'd be worshiping if I just got beat and thrown into prison. And so I think we look at these characters, and we look at these people in the Bible, and we think, man, they must be like biblical superheroes. You know, like the other day, Luke was like, Dad, have you ever heard of Bible Man? And I was like, oh, Jesus. Jesus, don't take me back. Don't take me back. Don't, don't, don't do it, Lord, okay? 
We, we think that there's some, they're just superhero people. Now, look at your neighbor and say, nope, and just wave your finger, okay? Just say, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Did your mom ever do that to you? Mm-mm, nope. Uh-uh, not today, you know what I mean? Nope. Listen, no, they're, they're just what? They're just ordinary people, okay? And I need you to see it that way. They don't have, you know, superhero powers, they have flesh just like us. They're humans that have fears, that have worries. God didn't, you know, make them special so that they could just have this special moment in the Bible so that we could all look at them and go, man, they just must be just amazing superheroes of the faith, and we're not, and we could never be that. See, the Word of God is actually designed for us to look at ordinary people, okay? You see what I'm saying? ordinary people and look at them and go, if they did it, I can too. If they took a stand, I can take a stand. If they took a stand, my family can take a stand. So it really should be a moment that gives us great hope. It gives us great confidence that when we look at these people in the Bible, we go, listen, they're just like you and me. And they found victory, not in themselves, but they found victory in their God. And and if they did it, I can too. Amen? Amen. Good point. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Point number two, power of your voice and testimony. The power of your voice and testimony. Listen, words have power, and how you use your words really matter, okay? Words have power, and how you use your words really matter. Uh, Put up that picture of Luke uh, for me. This is my youngest, just a G. He's just a G, just so cool. I love that kid. I just adore him. He's my little buddy, okay? Um, Luke's eight, and um, the other night, I went to check on him. You know, we put him down for bed, and I always come back like 20, 30 minutes later. I just want to make sure that, you know, we might not need to give them like a little melatonin to go to sleep or, you know what I mean? Like, make sure they're asleep, everything's all good. And, and so I came back to his room, and I found him, and he's just like staring out his bedroom window, like at the stars. And I'm thinking like, oh, that's so cute. I mean, look at him. He's like checking out the moon and the stars. And I come over there. He's not. He's just like straight crying, like silently crying, just like in his room looking out. And I'm like, buddy, what is going on? What, what happened? Like, I mean, like, we had a good night as a family. And, and he, was like, he was like, dad, mom told me in the car today to shut up. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, buddy. I was like, listen, listen, I'm sure that mom did not, he's like, he's like, shut up, it's a cuss word, dad. He's like, and he's like looking just straight crying, no sound, just crying. And I'm like, his little heart is just so broken. So I go and tell Jess, I'm like, listen, Luke's crying, looking out the window. He said, you told him to shut up today. She goes, oh my gosh. She goes, I was on the phone talking, like talking to a vendor for Crown, and they were so loud in the back, and she just said, shut up, you know? And, 
And so she goes in and tries to tell him, like, hey, I wasn't trying to be mean to you, you know? But listen, what a perfect example, right? Right? What a perfect example that what? Words have power. Words have power. We just... We just live in such a day and time that we're so flippant with our words. We're just so flippant with what we say. This is something the Lord, and listen, if there's ever anybody that deals with it, it is me. I'm not, I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm throwing, listen, the Lord's been dealing with me about every, I, I say a lot of idle words, and there's a lot of things that I say that I'm like, oh God, I'm gonna see that someday in front of Jesus, and I'm not gonna be proud about that, right? Your words have power. Okay, let me show you this. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will what? Reap the consequences. So when it says reap the consequences, it means this, that your words are like seed, just like we talked about earlier today. Your words are like seed. They are going somewhere. They're being planted somewhere. And guess what? They will harvest Okay, so your words have the ability to bring life to situations, life to your marriage, life to your children, life to your job. Can I kill, can I just say this? There's nothing that fires me up more, and I hear it all the time, just people bad-mouthing their job. Stop bad-mouthing the thing that God is using to provide for your family. Speak life over that. Speak life. You can either speak life or you can go, you know what? And and listen, I want to challenge you to just pay attention to what you say. Just pay attention to what you say. The Lord kind of grabbed my heart a couple months ago. He's like, you say you're tired all the time. And I'm like, God, I am tired. I'm exhausted. I'm like, look at my schedule. He goes, but don't say it. Say that you have life. Say that you have joy. Say that you have joy through your schedule. Declare that you have peace through your schedule. Declare that the joy of the Lord is your strength and you have life every day. Right? You Listen, sometimes you got to take a moment and go, I need to evaluate the words that are coming out of my mouth. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says, a good person produces good things from a treasury. Love that language, a treasury of a good heart. So they have good things in the treasury of their heart. An evil person produces evil things from a what? A treasury of evil things in their heart. And it says this, what you say, what you say flows from what? Your heart. Flows from what's inside of you. Okay, listen, so I want you to get this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They use their words, they use their testimony. What is their testimony? Their testimony is Jesus. Oh, I actually got a better response than that. Their testimony is Jesus. Your testimony should be Jesus. When you're talking about hardships, when you're talking about hard seasons, your testimony should always be, but you know what? Jesus is for me. He's a healer, he's a restorer. He takes broken things and mends it back together. I know that even though I'm in this season, it's all good because Jesus will take me to the other side. So their words and their testimony was all about what? God's power. God's power. Not their power. 
not their strength. Their testimony was God will protect us. God will save us. God will meet us in our need, in need, the moment that we're going through. Okay, listen, I want you to pay close attention to their words. And not just their words, but how they say it. Okay, so they say this. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> right? Not King Nebuchadnezzar. Do you see how they don't refer to him as king? They're making a statement there. You're not my king. You're not my source. You're not the one who provides for me. They say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need, and I love this, to defend ourselves. Can I just say, stop defending yourself on Facebook and every platform of social media. Listen, people are gonna say negative things about you. People are gonna say negative things about your children. Who cares? Stop trying to fight every battle. Listen, <laughs> the, I had a moment this week uh, where I, I took my truck in. I had an issue with my truck, and they fixed it, and then it came back broke, and they had scratched my door. And, and, and I wanted to have that moment where I just let them all know what I really thought about performance Toyota, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm gonna write a little nasty gram, I'm gonna put out a little Yelp, you know, negative thing here, I'm gonna call the manager, and I just felt the Lord prompt my heart and said, hey, let me defend you. You don't need to do that. You don't need to say anything. I just need you to be polite. <laughs> That's a novel concept, isn't it? The Lord said, I just need you to be polite and let me take care of it. And sure enough, I was polite, uh, even to the degree that they paid for my car to be towed. Amen? Right? Like, you don't have to defend yourself. So they said, we don't have to defend ourselves. Verse 17, if you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve will save us. He'll save us. So where, where's their confidence? It's just in Jesus. They're totally confident in Jesus, in his strength, and in his grace. He says this, he will rescue us from your power. And I want you to get this. Man's power isn't true power, okay? You think that men have power. You think they're, you, oh my gosh, I wanna preach this so bad. You give people so much power. You give their voice so much power. You give their opinion so much power. You give power to people that don't deserve to have power over you. Stop giving power to people. But then they go and say, they say, even if he doesn't, meaning what? We trust God's plan over our plan. Oh, man, that's a good word right there. We trust God's plan. Even if he doesn't rescue us, even if we go into the fire and we die today, even if, guess what? I know that God's good. And what are they saying? We're not living for this earth. We're all so wrapped up in this little, tiny sliver of time. God is eternal. We're going to an eternal God. We're going to a place that time doesn't exist. And we're living and we're fighting and we're scratching and we're clawing for this very moment. And we live for it. And they go, you know what? It's not about our plan. It's about God's plan. And they said this, and I love this part, okay? They go, and I really think they say this sarcastically, okay? They go, let us make this clear. 
okay? You know what I mean? It's like when you go in to quit a job, and you're like, let me make this clear to you. I no longer work here anymore, right? Okay, okay? They go, let us make this clear to your majesty. You know what I mean? Like, your great majesty. We don't serve you. We don't serve you. We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's our God. You're not our God. You're not our source. You're not our provision. Can, can I just tell you, stop, stop. <laughs> Just stop, stop serving money. Serve God. Let him be your source. Stop serving people. Stop living in fear of people and situations. Let God be your strength. And they say this, we want you to know that we'll never, I love that word, we'll never, like just throw down the gauntlet. I want you to know something. They're speaking to the king, but they're also speaking to the enemy. And sometimes you got to choose to open up your mouth and speak to the enemy and go, hey, we're never going to serve you. We're never going to worship you. We're never going to go down that path. We're never going to let you into our home. We're never going to let you dominate our marriage. We're never going to let this happen again. They go, we never serve your gods or worship this golden statue that you set up. Listen, your words have power. You gotta use your words, you gotta use your testimony sometimes. Point number three is this, take a stand. Take a stand. There's a coach, his name is Pat Riley. He was a coach of the Lakers back in the 80s, coach of uh, the Miami Heat. Dude made, like, fashion as a coach, cool. He used to wear, like, Gucci suits, and he had the long hair slicked back back in the day. Just a real cool cat, cool coach. And he, he said this one time back in the 80s to his team. He said, every man has to plant their feet firmly and take a stand sometime in their life. Every man has to plant their feet firmly and take a stand sometime in their life. I wanna ask you a question. Do you take a stand for what you believe in? Do you take a stand for what you believe in? And if the answer is no, I don't really take stands, it means this, it's not what you truly believe in. It's not what you truly believe in. There's a lot of people that quote the Bible and say that they believe in it, but it's not truly how they live it out, and it's not what they truly believe in. Sometimes you gotta take a stand. I love that people always say this to me. You should keep politics and culture out of the church. I get this all the time. I get emails. I keep, get people telling me this. You should keep politics and culture out of the church. Just make it about Jesus. Well, I'm here to say this. I'm sorry. That doesn't fit with how God connects with us in culture, okay? God is a part of culture. God is a part of this earth. And sometimes you gotta take a stand. So listen, we have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and what are they doing? They're taking a stand against what? The culture of the day and the time that they live in, right? They go, no, 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 no. We don't agree with this culture. We don't agree with this behavior. 
We want you to know that we're gonna take a stand against this because this doesn't reflect God's nature and character, amen? So let me say this, and, and I'll, I don't care if you crucify me for it. When you come to vote soon, okay? We're all gonna vote soon. Vote the Bible. Vote the Bible. Take a stand. I promise you, if you believe it or not, you will be held accountable someday when you stand before Jesus. Vote the Bible. Take a stand. Say, hey, listen, culture doesn't reflect God's kingdom. Culture doesn't reflect what's going on in God's world. And listen, I know that it's hard sometimes, but I promise you, you can, through his strength and grace, you can take a stand for the kingdom of God. And what a time that we need people to take a stand. And listen, can I just say this? Don't, when, when you take a stand, don't be obnoxious about it, okay? Like, like <laughs> Jesus help me, okay? L listen, like you don't, you don't need to make other people feel stupid about poor decisions that they're making. You need to pray for those people. We need to believe for those people. Those are the exact people that I'm praying and believing will come into this church and find Jesus and find the grace of God. Take a stand, but don't be obnoxious about it. Point number four, Jesus met them in the fire. Jesus met them in the fire. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and yelled to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? We got this little, little, I just imagine, I always see the Bible in my head. So I see Nebuchadnezzar and I see this little tiny servant. Yes, Lord, we did, you know. Your majesty, we did, certainly. Verse 25, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men. I see four men unbound, walking in the fire, unharmed. I think this is so incredibly interesting to me. And I'll tell you why. Jesus didn't meet them until they were in the fire. Oh, so good. Jesus didn't rescue them before they were thrown into the fire. Jesus met them in the middle of the fire. So what does that mean? Jesus met them in the middle of of the worst day of their life. But he didn't rescue them beforehand. And don't you think sometimes, like, I know I do, like, God, why, why, am, I, why am I even going through this? Why am I even going through this moment? Why am I even going through this hardship? Why am I going through this persecution? Why am I going through this moment that people are talking trash about me? Why am I even going through this? And we all have this picture and this thought that Jesus should just rescue us from all of the problems. Don't even let me touch the fire. Save me before we get to the fire. But the truth of the word of God is this, that Jesus, God, our God showed up right where? In the middle of the fire. Listen, so many people, man, and listen, I get it. 
I want you, I want you to know that I am, and I'm empathizing with you. And, and I'm telling you, I know that sometimes, and, I, and I've had, I've even had my own wife tell me this before. She's like, you need to do a better job of empathizing with people. And I'll be honest, I, I struggle with that. Because I'm just like, I just want to take people to the Word of God. I just want to take them and go, hey, listen, this will work. I promise you, this is your victory. I promise you, this will fix everything. And, and, I, and she's like, you struggle sometimes empathizing with what actually is going on in their heart. And, and I get that. I understand that. And I know that the fire is hot. And I know that the trial is hard. And I know that you're worn out. And I know that you're frustrated. And I know that you're feeling. And, but, but can I just say, feelings, I've said it a couple weeks ago, feelings are just feelings. They will come and they will go. Anybody who's been married for 20 years understands and knows that there are some days that you wanna kill your spouse and then there are some days that you are madly in love. Why, their feelings, they change, they come, they go. But we get into the fire and we get what? We get into our feelings. And, and can I just say to you, from somebody I'm gonna give you a little advice from somebody who has walked through some fires. I've walked through some fires. I've been in the middle of some ragers. I've been in the middle of some moments where I was like, I don't, I don't know if there's a way out of this one. I've been in the middle of some moments where I was like, I think I screwed up so bad that this is going to affect my whole entire family and my whole entire future. I've been in some fires. I've been in some moments where the fire is raging. But can I give you some advice? It is really simple, and I promise you, it's, if, you if you'll take it to heart, it'll work. Just don't give up on God. Like, don't give up on God. Don't give up. Can I say this? Don't stop. Just don't stop. Don't stop moving forward. Don't stop trusting God. Listen, don't stop coming to church when life is hard. Can I say that? I hear that all the time. Like, man, we haven't been here in a while. But we, just, we just went through a hard season. Like, in the hard season, you need less of God. Like, in the hard season, you need less of His Spirit. No, you need more of God in that hard season. You need more of His Spirit. Don't stop coming to church when life is hard. Can I say this? Don't stop going to group when you feel tired. Remember what happened to David when he got tired? He fell into temptation. There's a reason we go to group. There's a reason that we have groups at this church. It's protection so that when you're tired and you're weary and you don't know what to do, you can say to your brother or sister in Christ, hey, listen, we're in this fire and I'm really exhausted and I'm tired. Will you pray with me? Will you stand in faith with me? Will you have my back? Will you protect me? Will you cover me in this season? Don't stop. Don't stop putting worship on your lips just because you feel sad, you feel broke, you feel alone. <laughs> like, thank you. You're like, see, you're not empathizing with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know there's a generation that just goes, just empathize with me and just, and just feel with me. I'm sorry. That's not how the kingdom works. That's not how God's kingdom works. 
Victory comes when you keep putting praise on your lips, when you keep worshiping, when you don't feel like you wanna worship, when it doesn't make sense to worship, when you're in the middle of the blazing fire and you're like, God, I don't know why I'm worshiping, but I know that you are good and you're faithful. Don't stop. Don't stop serving. Don't stop serving on the welcome team. Don't stop serving the kids. Don't stop helping in youth. Don't stop. I've had so many stories of conversations of two people serving in a nursery together going, man, they had the word of the Lord for me right at that moment in that season. And if I would have stopped serving, because isn't it funny how when you get into the fire, the enemy tells you just to stop trusting God, stop going to church, stop serving, stop giving, stop doing everything that you know is right to do? Don't stop. Don't stop. Listen, there's something that God is trying to teach you. He's trying to teach you that this world and what I'm doing in this world is bigger than your current situation. And sometimes you need to hear that. Sometimes I need a reality check that I feel like I'm in a fire, but then I like I get into a hospital room with somebody in our church and I'm like, God, I'm oh, God, thank you for the right perspective. God, thank you for the perspective that I have breath in my lungs, that I can walk, that I'm healthy, that I am whole. Thank you, God, that I had food today. Thank you, God, that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, God, that I have an actual job to go to. Thank you, God. You just need the right perspective sometimes. Don't stop. Don't stop trusting God to provide and make a way. This is what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. We don't care what you say. Our God will make a way where there is no way. Our God will show up. He'll fight for us. Don't stop reading your Bible. I know that we're in the 90-day plan, and some of you feel like you've gotten behind. Listen, can I just say, don't stop. Don't stop. I don't care if you make up the days. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop reading the Word. Don't let the enemy beat you over the head. Don't stop. Don't stop trusting God. Because if you don't stop, I promise you, Jesus will meet you right in the middle of the fire. And he'll show up with his grace. He'll show up with his love. Talk about somebody that will empathize with you. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. That's what I love about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a comforter. The Holy Spirit knows how to comfort your heart, comfort your thoughts, comfort your pain. He knows if you will just run to him, he'll be your aid, he'll be your comfort. Last point, number five is this. Untouched. Worship team, you guys can come on up. And we're about to have a party. Look at your neighbor and say, we're about to have a party. Come on, come on, look at your neighbor. Say, look at him. We're about to have a party, okay? I, I don't know if you know how to party at church. I know you know, I know you know how to party on Saturday night. I know you know how to turn up at the club or the bar or what, you know, the game or whatever. I know you know how to turn up, but we're going to turn up here at Elevate Church on Sunday morning, okay? So I hope you're ready, all right? Because I'm going to. I'm going to have a good time. Promising you might not, but I will, okay? Daniel verse three, verse 27. When we were starting the church, 
It was the hardest thing I'd ever gone through. Somebody recently told me about how much money they have in their savings. And I was like, you ever play that game where you're like, oh, I can out, I can outdo you, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're talking about this. And I was like, yeah, I, I know that feeling. I remember one time when we had $5 to our name when we were starting the church. And everybody kind of like chuckles when you say that. They're like, oh yeah, $5. I'm like, no, I'll show you the picture. It's in my phone. It was, talk about a fire. Everything was on fire. There wasn't anything that wasn't on fire in that season. And you know what's funny is that I just perpetually live in fires now. I'm just like, all right, God, this is just life. Everything was on fire. And I remember one day I was just praying and I was crying out to the Lord. And, and, and can I just encourage you just to cry out to the Lord? He loves hearing your voice. He loves hearing when you cry out. He loves, he, listen, he, he, he sees those tears. He sees that frustration. He sees it all. And I was just crying out to the Lord. Lord, God, we so need help right now. God, I need your grace. God, I need you. I just need you to show up. And I'll never forget, he just spoke to my heart. He said, I know that you're in the fire, but I promise you when you come out of this fire, not a flame will have touched you and you won't even smell like smoke. Ver Listen, look at this, verse 27, verse 27. Not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothing wasn't burnt. They didn't even smell like smoke. Listen, our, our youth program, Momentum, the other night, put up that picture. I'm so excited about it. Man, they had Basement Bash. They had like 60 kids at the Erdos house just going crazy, having fun. I'm so proud of them. They're doing such a great job. They had a worship night last Sunday night here at the church. Our students just loving Jesus, worshiping him, being filled with the presence of God. Man, I'm so proud of our youth program here. I'm so excited about what they're doing and what's happening with them. But they had this basement bash and they had this big bonfire. And you know, when your kids come home from something like that, number one, they just smell like B.O., you know what I mean? They just smell like, like dirty and nasty, but they just had that bonfire smell on them. I love this line. They didn't even smell, but even smell of smoke. Let me share this verse with you. Why don't you stand up with me? Isaiah 54, verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse 17. It says this, no weapon that is formed against you. So what is the word telling us? The enemy, remember what John 10, 10 says, the enemy said he came to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. It means this, that the enemy is gonna form some weapons against you sometimes. Yeah. Why, he wants to destroy your faith. He wants to destroy your hope. He wants to destroy your trust. What do you think the enemy is trying to do to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He's trying to cripple them. He's trying to destroy them. He's trying to get these young men of God to go, nope, I'm gonna deny God and I'm gonna trust this king. The enemy is trying to destroy your faith and trust and hope in Jesus. So sometimes there'll be a weapon that comes against you. 
Sometimes there'll be something that comes at you. Sometimes there'll be a curveball in life and you'll go, where did that come from? There'll be a weapon that is formed against you. But here's the good news. It says, no weapon formed against you will succeed. Not one of them. Not one of them. If you'll just trust God, if you'll lean into him, not one weapon will succeed against you. And every tongue that raises up in judgment against you, they'll be condemned. Come on, this is a good word right now, okay? This is truth, okay? It says this peace, this righteousness, this security, this triumph is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. Everyone who believes in the name of Jesus, everyone who puts their hope in him. I don't care if you put your hope in Jesus for one day or for 20 years. It is yours. Peace, joy. What else did it say there? It said security, righteousness, to triumph, to have victory is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So if you're a servant of the Lord today, this is a scripture for you where you go, God, I thank you that even though we're in the middle of the fire, that this weapon will not succeed. God, I thank you that you have called us to triumph in this life. God, I thank you you've called us to overcome in this life. God, I thank you that I am a servant of the Most High God and it is my heritage to have victory in life and triumph in this life. God, I thank you that you're going to get me out of this fire and I'm not going to even smell like smoke. Amen. There was a coach back in the 80s. His name was Jim Valvano. And when he took over this little struggling program, he told his players, hey, someday we're going to win a championship. And so one day, he took an entire practice and he brought out a ladder and he brought out some scissors and he said, hey, today for practice, we're gonna practice cutting down the nets. We're gonna practice our victory. We're gonna, we're gonna know how to cut down the nets because someday we're gonna win the NCAA championship and we're gonna cut down the nets. So each player, nobody was there, there was no crowd, nobody cheering them on. Just a practice of Coach Jimmy V and his team. And one by one, they climbed the ladder and they stiffed the net. One by one, player after player, all the way to the very end when Coach Jimmy V got to the top and he cut the last piece and he took that net and he swung it around. Like, we've won. We're the victors. We're champions. I love this idea. They practiced victory before they saw victory. See, that's why worship matters. You are, even though you're in the middle of the fire, you are practicing your victory. You are practicing, God, I thank you, God, even though I'm in the fire, there's a victory coming. Amen? So here's the deal. We're gonna do a song, and this song is so different and it is so fun, and it is so just, it's a song of victory in life, and my man Will is gonna bring it, and I'm so excited to hear him today. But we're gonna practice victory in the middle of the fire today. Come on, somebody.
I want to pray for anybody who's got a health issue. I want to pray for anybody that's got financial issues right now. I want to pray for anybody that's got some relationship problems. I want to pray for anybody that's got some marriage issues. I want to pray for anybody that's going through a fire right now. Come on, raise your hand real high. Come on. Somebody's around you, I want you to pray for that person. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your great grace and power in life. I speak to sickness, disease, ailments, infirmities from the devil, and I bind you in Jesus' name, and I release the health and healing of Jesus Christ. We thank you that by your stripes, we are healed, restored, renewed, and whole. We speak to the mountains of financial problems. We speak to the mountains of relationship and marriage issues. And we speak grace, grace to those right now in Jesus' name. We release grace, grace, life, victory from Jesus. Come on, just tell the Lord. Say, Lord, I'll give you all the glory. I'll give you all the credit. I'll give you all the honor for your great victory, for your hand, for your victory and strength. Father, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And I release it right now to comfort, to comfort emotions, to comfort thought life, to, to comfort an aching, breaking heart, to comfort those in those moments where nobody can see them cry. Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you see their tears, you see their heartbreak, but we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that comforts and aids and gives us life so that we can get back up, gives us life so we can overcome. God, I bless your people. I bless them in the name of Jesus. I bless their home. I bless their lives. I bless their jobs. I bless their children. I bless their future. We declare that the best is yet to come. Say that with me. The best is yet to come. Come on, say it again. Say the best is yet to come. Come on, say it one more time. The best is yet to come. In the name of Jesus, we worship you. We ask this in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Come on, give it.